Happy, happy, happy Monday morning. It's Monday morning. It's 7.30. This is actually the first words I've spoken this morning. Well, no, that's not true. Rachel gets up at 5.45, and I got up with her today because I had to practice because I have a rehearsal at 10 o'clock that I got to go over the music for, and in the midst of all this practicing, you know, you get so caffeinated when you get up this early because I've already had like two cups of coffee, and it's only 7.30 a.m., So I'm like, I got to do all this podcasting stuff. So I'm not really practicing. I'm holding the guitar, clearly. But I did a podcast with Ryan Vaughn yesterday, and he told this epic story. And I was like, oh, my God, we got to release it. This is the Ben Wagner side of the Ryan Vaughn story. No, this is the Ben Wagner podcast. Come on, this is going to be great. Ben is, I can't even think of an awesome word because I didn't plan to record this at 7.30 a.m. Ben is amazing. He's hilarious. He can, he's the best storyteller possible. Even Ryan's like, man, I can't wait to listen to the Benjamin Wagner one. He said that yesterday. I was like, oh, because Ben is incredibly entertaining, nonstop entertaining, amazing songwriter, just the dude. That's what it is. And I'm sending my technical director... Jason Wexler, I think this is the fourth podcast I'll send him this morning before 8 a.m. And I was like, I'm going to do one more. I'm doing Ben Wagner. His new record's called Left, What's Left Behind. We talk about it. And Ben and I only had like an hour. It's it's just a short one, like an hour, like 75 minutes. Because we had to, I had to go. And he was like, let's do it then. And I was like, all right. We're playing you in with Back from Waterloo. We're playing you out with Wild Abandon, his new single, which I think is just like out right now. I saw the picture. It's a beautiful picture with a flower. Ben is the man. Notorious. I'm thankful that I get to know Ben and Chris Abad, just two legends of the scene. Not only are they legends, they're the coolest, nicest, sweetest dudes ever. So please enjoy this. Oh, man. It's hard to get that note on this, that little F sharp. I was trying to give you a little C and then we... Anyway, I'm gonna, now I'm really gonna go practice these tunes because it's 7.34. <clears throat> if I run each tune once, twice. Who cares? Guys, Benjamin Wagner, have an awesome Day mucho love. Jukebox plays that song again. The one about the bitter end. The one where I remember when we were bursting through the blur. Before there was me and her. Dewey-eyed saboteur It just rained and rained all year Was home but I was never there Prone to wanna disappear It just stormed there all the time Brought 
down the power lines And we could never even say All the mistakes we thought we made Just sit here on this stool And drink till I forget the fool I'm gonna turn myself into I just wait here all alone That old song to come on And it plays on and on and on and on and It just rains and rains all year Benjamin Wagner, singer, songwriter extraordinaire with a new record out. <laughs> he brought me two seltzers right away, and he popped it with, and I didn't have it on recording. I was like, wait, wait, wait. Know, wait. know your audience. <laughs> it's like uh, a celebratory. There we go. <laughs> so, so it's like cran raspberry. So Ben, and you got tangerine. a new record. And tangerine. Two great flavors. I have a new record. I was just listening to it. Do you do that? You must. I mean, I've seen you dance in the studio to... Bro, no bro. Like so, I know like you are as enthused about your work as you are others. Of course, you have to be. Well, actually, you said that to me in this room. You're like, Did you I? have to be the listener who yeah. likes your own well, stuff. If I don't, 
I'm doomed. <laughs> How are you going to go out peddling wares? You're like, buy this shirt. I wouldn't wear it, but you might. Clearly, it's, it's like, no like, one else is going to dig it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. New record. It's called um, What's Left Behind. Which I, I probably should. Um, this is why I spend time with you, and I was thinking on the way over. This is one of the reasons why I love spending time with you, and what I, what I love about getting to perform with you is... Um, you like jack stuff full of levity and joy <laughs> and like high competency, but also like high tomfoolery and chicanery. <laughs> and like, I need a little more tomfoolery and chicanery in my life. Yeah. <laughs> so here I am. Yeah, Come what's on. left behind is a pretty straight story, um, but that's okay. Well, I like you were, and you were sitting right here. You're like, yeah, I knew it. My friends had write a record, and then you, it would, you were like, well, I just drank beer with a notepad for a couple weeks. <laughs> that's how you. <laughs> wrote a whole record. I think you're right. In fact, I sat down um, playing last night, uh, and I, you know, you, I don't know about you, but when I sit down, I'm like, okay, come get me, gods of song, and like, come <laughs> flow through me. Like, <laughs> and sometimes you. it works, and sometimes it doesn't, and last yeah. night it was nothing, and I thought last night, I was like, how did I crank out a record in, in essence, six weeks, eight weeks? Now, I excavated bits and pieces that I had mm-hmm. around, so that, and finished them, or you know, whatever. But there was nothing done. I just sat down and said, I'm in a bummer spot existentially. I will write my way out of this. Um, and yeah. And did it work? Po- yeah. Yeah. And it oh, works. It's yeah. very therapeutic, right? I yeah. always say that. As a songwriter, we don't need therapy. Like, it's just in the song. Oh, I don't know. I could use probably well, okay. <laughs> all the help I can get, Paul. I could still use therapy. That's <laughs> but... why I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I, yeah, it's a critical component to, in fact, I think the primary reason I do it at this point is that. Um, but I'd add, I mean, I don't, I've been making music like you probably for, I don't know, 25, 30 years since I was 16. I'm 48. I shouldn't say that on, you on can say a that. microphone. No, and so for all those years. And um, I've learned more about playing music in the last couple of weeks because I've played in all these different scenarios that were not the standard scenario of on stage. Like rehearsing. Example. Yeah. Well, rehearsing with it. Well, the other night we had to do a show. You were out of town, so we did it uh, with D-Bone on piano, yeah. Jamie on drums, Chris on acoustic, me on acoustic in a tiny room. We hadn't rehearsed. And so it was like, I, someone was like, how'd it go? I was like, it was like a dead show. <laughs> I had no idea how it was going to go. You were taking risks, but it was still happening. Yeah, and bear in mind for you listening at home, I don't sound at all like the Grateful Dead, but it, it had that sort of like, um, I don't know where it's going to go, spirit. That's my favorite thing, though. Well, and yeah. that, that's part of the, I think that's part of the thing I'm still learning. And, and I've, he's in a, as I listen to this record, it's so meticulously um, engineered and produced, which I'm proud of, and I love to be able to do that, and I went a little bananas <laughs> maybe present company excluded you're, you're like except the song we recorded here I mean that too like right like the cello on there is pristine like the, the <laughs> thing we ended up getting out of it is is, uh-huh. is beautiful and authentic yeah. but what I love about uh, the last configuration or the other night when we played up in um, Larchmont is I didn't know how it was going to go yeah. right so isn't that cool. the case with like every show you always rehearse and rehearse, yeah. but then you get to the gig, you can't hear There's yourself on the monitor. Fair, you don't totally. Know. I said that to like, Chris. Ah, I was like, fuck? did you hear anything? Yeah, I, can't I, hear, I can't hear my voice. At this yeah. point, like, should I expect that? Because <laughs> after all these years, it'd be cool if somebody gave you a mix you could work with. Yeah, agreed. Um, but even things like um, starts and stops. Yeah, like, there's, yeah. there, when I play with you guys, of- like, you guys just have a different kind of capability, and I have to keep up with you, and I have to, you know, which is fucking great 
Well, you were like learning the record, and the record's so clear. You know what I mean? <laughs> you mean because the it's GCD, <laughs> then it's E minor D. No, then back dude, to GCD. That is being <laughs> self depreciating. That is not at all what your tunes are like. There's yeah, thanks. the ending, the bridge, like, yeah. and it's like I think you hear the chords and music in a different way. Oh, you know what I mean? Cool. Like, yeah. you, I'm trained in, well, the one chord goes to the four chord. You know what I mean? You're just like, this riff I don't is know. cool, and this riff is cool. Yeah, and I'm like, holy shit, I could have never thought about well, that. Well, I don't know that. I don't know the rules. Yeah, yeah, you don't know the rules. So you just I mean, I have dope a, parts. I just listen, I just play chords and listen, and, and I go, oh, yeah. And, and, and all I have for variation is, like, hammer-ons and pull-offs and a couple of different um, voicings of each chord, as you know. So, like, it's a it's a palette. It's, it's surprising I've cranked 18 records out of it because it's like, <laughs> You know, some of which you will not find on the internet anymore. <laughs> Perhaps for that reason. I was just going to say, eighteen records. You're a writing machine. Well, it's uh, I put out my first solo record twenty four years ago. So oh, that's amazing. Right, and for a while there, I had a I had a little setup like this up in my apartment, a little spiral staircase, outdoor space. It was bananas. So I was just cranking it out. I was putting out like EPs and LPs two three times a year. That's um, so. And cool. in some ways, I've dialed that back, but. One of the things I enjoy hearing you talk about here on on this podcast is um, how, forgive the expression here, but like, I was going to say release strategy, but how do you like put your new songs into the world in a way that's going to land and have meaning? Oh my God. But also, right, it's right, never and, ending. Right. And so in some ways I'm still, I'm, I'm, my frequency is up, but my approach is slightly different. So I put the record out. I put a couple singles out. I put the record out and now I'm putting more singles out and the singles all have acoustic versions b-sides which is a blast i don't know how many people at home are like oh wow he covers this obscure 80s band here um but, that's but cool. it's fun to do some people really like the acoustic stuff always better you know yeah. so yeah. it's cool you're giving people all these options like, yeah what do you want to check and out? it's and and it you're just keeping it moving you, know, you said it. the phrase that i use all the time now you have to feed the beast no oh, it's not terrible yeah uh, i mean if you think about it like we live in a platform-based world. I mean, this is... Uh, stop me after this ends, but... Right? And platforms want content because content yeah. is what keeps free, feeds fresh. Yeah. Right? I mean... So you just have to keep cranking it out. Now. Another thing you do well, keep feeds fresh. <laughs> well, it's... But the whole thing with releasing a song is like, there's like a whole thing to it now. And you put all this time into it. I don't... I, well, I'm having my own issues. Even just today, I was like... Ah, ah, I don't know! Yeah, you know? I don't either. And I've been doing a version of this, like using, let's say, media slash social media, specifically the internet since, I mean, I moved to New York City and became an internet journalist in like a couple of weeks, Yeah. right? I, 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 uh, I moved here to either be on the cover of Rolling Stone or work for Rolling Stone. Yeah. It was probably far more feasible for me to be a contributing writer. <laughs> I wrote for them, like for my first, out of my first year I was in New York. Um, you achieved so, all your goals in one year. Well, not the cover. Yeah. <laughs> and contributing writer, but yeah. Um, well, and play a lot of rock shows. I want to do that. Um, and uh, 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 I lost it. <laughs> well, you, I'm just saying, you worked for Rolling Stone. For a second. For a second. For a second. Right. Oh, oh and my point was I, I happen to know how the internet works, so uh, I was an online guy. Anyway, I've been, you know, uh, platforms need content. Sites need content. People need new. content. Yeah, yeah. New, 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 new. I don't know if people need new, but we've come <laughs> to expect new. <laughs> Right? That's a great concept, yeah. People don't need any new shit. But I mean, I've been, I, you know, we just moved out of our apartment and into a house. And Are you um, loving home life? I, it's, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, as you know, dipping in and out. So I lived in New York City for almost 25 years, lived in New York State for almost 30, 
and uh, and so it's the first time I've lived in something other than an apartment, maybe since I was a kid. Yeah. And so having a yard is the mind blowing thing. That must be. And nuts. like going out front and seeing stars is mind blowing. Yeah. But I take the train in and out of New York City almost every week if I'm not out of. I travel for work, so if I'm not out of the country, as you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's mind blowing. It hasn't created. It hasn't yielded any creative dividends. But my objective long term is to have. Um, <laughs> My wife's like, oh, it was a basement. Now it's a garage. I was like, you know, initially, I was like, I just want the equipment set up in the basement all the time so the kids and I can play. My kids don't play rock and roll. Yeah. Well, Yet. they will. Yeah, they- <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and now I'm like, well, it'd be really nice to have a space over the garage with a beautiful view. So we'll see how it works out. Ah. Right now, I have none of the above. Uh, my acoustic next to my bed. Yeah, yeah. My electric under the bed, everything else gone. I mean, that's like the dream, a house with a studio totally set up. And then... I would add a studio and a stage. Uh, My brother-in-law's father has a barn with his band permanently set up and a bar set up. And and so, and (laughs) And you can park in the yard and basically he throws rock shows. I'm like, dude, you have a venue here. Like he has a venue. So that would be the dream. That is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be amazing. Yeah, that is cool. I know some people... Spots like that. I was at a house like that in Charleston one time. I was like, you're living the dream, bro. Yeah. Stage. It's tough yeah. to live in Queens or You Hell's can't really Kitchen. do that in Queens, no. no. Or Hell's Kitchen, no. That's a different, it's a different life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, there is a component of the dream in this room. Ladies and gentlemen, it is gray. By the way, with this shirt, I might disappear into <laughs> you're it. You're fully gray. I'm fully gray. Yeah. Here, yes. um, I have my gray jeans on, too. Yeah, yeah. Do you think, do you find this? I was just thinking about this today, like, when you go into, uh, is it, w- you leave New York and you hear the deafening silence? Yeah. Do you hear your own like ringing ears because you're such a rock and roller? I, I'm I, like, I kind of hear I'm it. I'm in a field and I'm like, yeah. I've ruined myself. Yeah, yeah, totally. I hear it right now. I don't know about you, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah but I also hear things like uh, crickets and birds and water running and, and, and the breeze through the trees. And um, I mean, I don't mean to sound corny, but that stuff's kind of good for the soul too, right? Oh, like, God, yeah. You got to love the vibe and the speed of this. Yeah. Um, but it's been really interesting to check out of it. Um, but like, I don't know, man. I, I've had a very nice couple of years of experiencing different kinds of places in the world. Yeah. I'm in Hong Kong in two weeks. Um, you know, I'm going to Amsterdam in a yeah. couple of weeks. You know, <laughs> different gesture. Um, so, uh, you know, it's nice to contrast. But at the end of the day when my kids just jump on their bikes and ride around and we just built a basketball net, my neighbor and I, mm-hmm. for the kids, like, that's pretty cool. That's so it's cool. It's a yeah. different, like, so, you know, we, I think a lot about as I listen to your podcast about rock and roll and success, I mean, it's built into the name of it, Secret Famous, right? Yeah. Um, and it's not what I imagined for myself when I was 15 or 25, but I promise you I didn't imagine any of the components of what this age looks like mm-hmm. or what this point in my life looks like, you know? So the fact that I'm still putting out records and I get to be a dad and I have a day job and I get to play rock shows with guys like you and Chris and, and, and co. That's uh, a good balance. Well, that's a great It's all right. Thing. Yeah, you got it all Trying together. Trying to count the blessings. Yes, of course. So you if you to... listen to the record and you're feeling down, there's <laughs> optimism in there, people. <laughs> well, I, I wanted to play Wild Abandoned. I picked that because it has it is so optimistic, actually. I was like, yeah. if, if I had to pick one of Ben's songs that I would want to play. I tried to... The album start like the album's uh, for better or for worse. I ordered it with a narrative order, um, you know. But it also obviously works by itself, and so it it starts kind of like you know. To, I'm going to put it this way: shit's fucked up, 
deal with shit, shit's better. I don't know. That's it's not quite that, but you know something like that, and like much more listenable than that. that people totally not what I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> shit's fucked up. Well, and I just mean gets better. Right, right. Like I don't know. Like um, or another way to put that is I've been writing a version of the sun will come out tomorrow since mm-hmm. I heard it when I was eight. You know. Yeah. Um. So it's got that, and while the band was like, um, I don't know. Sur- there's a component of surrender to um, appreciating the things that are right in front of you that are still pretty awesome, i.e. my wife. Um, and, and balancing that with the anxiety of being um, married and a part of a bigger thing, mm-hmm. right? Like, you're, it's not like the VW show anymore, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> At all. Um, so the other thing that's cool is this, uh, uh, depending on when, this, when you drop this, um, this is one of the singles, and as a B-side, it has a, a live version from the night that I described as the dead show. I just quickly um, you know, did a quick master on that. Um, and uh, it sounds pretty great. So you hear the piano, acoustic, acoustic. And I'm putting, starting to put live tracks as B-sides as well. I love that. Yeah. So is it like a couple B-sides? Then did you do this the one has, version? Yeah, this one has the acoustic version as well, which is super interesting. Um, and the super the acoustic versions are also, they're more um, remixes because he's, my buddy John played around with um parts you know so there's some neat um differentiation if you get into that sort of thing yeah. i always did when i the first singles i bought were um other than the 45s because i remember when you had vinyl 45s and you put the little you know spin plastic thing in the middle yeah. um but i also remember when bands like rem was doing that on uh dv uh, cd as well um so one of my favorites was collecting their things and they'd have live b-sides and songs that they'd cover songs that they'd done and stuff like that. So that's kind of how I've always approached it. Yeah. So this has, most of these have one of each or both or something. Yeah. How it's many, fun. So did you release the whole record and then the, some of the singles are coming from the record, right? You're going to... Yeah, I basically, I basically, I think I started with the first song, which is, I often put, I don't know, like the most approachable and also like the thing that sets the tone first, right? Mm-hmm. Which tends to be, the to me, for me, I, you know, you develop trends after a certain amount of time and then you try and flip those trends. But like the big rock number, I think when I described it to, to the band to play, I described it as like the stomper, mm-hmm. like the camper van Beethoven is how I wanted. I imagined it. it's not how it turned out, but yeah. that's I'm just imagining four chords pounding your feet too. Now it has a lot more than four chords. Yeah. G, C, D, E minor. <laughs> Actually, it's an A. Um, anywho, what was I describing? The narrative arc? Uh, the single. So I put that out, and then I dropped the record, and then I've basically been putting them out. Not quite in sequence, but, um, yeah, just put them out. Put them out, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, also, the other thing to mention about... So that's the best way to do it. So yeah. In, instead of going I don't know tune by way. tune by tune by tune, you put them all out there, and then you're going to give them each their yeah, own little treatment. Maybe. Time. I mean, yeah. it's how I've kind of approached it. I don't know. I mean, for what it's worth, the only metrics I have are what iTunes pays me and what um, Spotify shows me, mm-hmm. right? And it pays me. <laughs> so highly immaterial in both cases. Um, but numerically, you have some data. So it's I'm up 25%. Yes, I'm thinking of it that way, people. Only because I want you to listen to it. Like, yeah, I think, no, no, I'm proud have, of I mean, it. They all give my, us you know, the numbers. You're right yeah. there. You're like, wow. And you don't want it to be no flat or go down, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, why would, why would that be? that? And at this day and age, all I'm really interested in is as many people hearing it as possible and, you know, being moved, ideally. Have you checked manner. out a publicist or anything like that? Like, you know, it's funny. I made a movie years ago that I think I've talked to you about uh, called Mr. Rogers and Me. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, Either either people just leaned into their podcast or turned it off, and um, 
it's not as tre- it's not treacly. It's actually a really lovely film. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, and we did have a little bit of it was self finance and all that, but we distributed through PBS, so we had enough money to hire a publicist. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time I'd ever been on the other side of that because I've been in, I guess, editorial for thirty years. Have so been pitched that stuff. Oh boy, it was nice mm. to have someone advocating. Um, but it was a very narrow window. It was like two weeks, and they did. A, we got a New York Times article. I mean, we killed it. Wow! In um, two weeks, they did that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we did some prep work, and I had done. I had set up a tour, so it was like you know, you do you learn so much DIY doing what we do. I think mm-hmm. um, you have to. that. I had basically set up a bunch of screenings across the country, including the Paley Center in New York and L.A. It was actually the beginning and end of the tour. That's awesome. So I had a good hook for them. It was pegged to his birthday, so I had a good hook for him. So I, I applied that kind of logic, and I tried to do the same. For example, the single After Wild Abandons called Daylight Follows, which to me is just, you know, the reminder that after, even the darkest night is followed by. Springsteen said on, in his new movie trailer, he goes, so you keep on walking through the dark because that's where the sun rises or something like that or that's mm-hmm. where the daylight... Yes. Same idea, right? Yeah, same idea. Um, so I pegged that to the winter solstice, which is the longest, darkest night of the year. I always like to do something around that date because it's always been meaningful to me that like, even on the longest, darkest night, existentially, like conceptually, psychologically, like the fucking sun comes up. I think that's why we love sunrises and sunsets. Yeah. Fresh start, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when it goes down, you're like, all right, we get to put we, this one's over. Take a day, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Go get some rest. And then in the yeah. morning, you're like, I mean, thank goodness for that that dynamic of the way the solar system works. The circular nature. Oh of my gosh! Idea. Imagine if a day was like a year. You'd be like, this has been a long day. <laughs> <laughs> this has been fucked. Winter is coming. That's cool. So that you're gonna do. Daylight follows. That's what is that? Like December twenty third or something? Yeah, twentieth. Yeah, 20th. yeah, I, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I have I have some other ideas about how to kind of keep, I don't know, just keep this out there in the ether. Um, I, Chris and I are talking about trying to figure out how to go do seven to ten dates or something. Yeah, in he, uh, we were. Th- he told us, and we were all like super psyched about yeah, that. Yeah, um, so we'll see if we can pull that off. Um, I I'm easy, <laughs> easier. <laughs> um, I think the challenge will be uh, our colleague, the talented uh, Chris Abad, with whom I mean he's our raison d'être. Actually, Tony is. So Tony Maselli is a mutual musician pal. Maselli, yeah, you met Tony yeah. first, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to pause and play? Uh, 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 Wild Abandoned before I tell the Tony Maselli story? <laughs> I could play it at the beginning and maybe at the end. All right, cool. Daylight so um, so Maselli, <laughs> I was just looking for bass players and I literally put an ad in the Village Voice, the newspaper Village Voice. Oh, man. And I had, a, I, had a, I don't know, six people respond, including, I remember, a petite French woman who played bass pretty well and I was like, she's a good hook. Um, then she declined. She Tony went, oh, came cool. in though and he goes, dude, I love your music. But I can't play without a drummer. If you let me re- find you a better drummer, I'm in. I was like, sold. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and ever since, I mean, and then he introduced me to Chris. Chris and I have been playing together, I don't know, 15 years. Um, Tony and I are 20 plus. Uh, and then, you know, the world has unfolded in some ways together. Chris and I and Tony have done a lot of things, these holiday benefits over the years to raise money and big rock shows and Rockwood and stuff. Um, and then... He forms downstate, or you guys form downstate. Tony pulled me into it. Yeah, so then, the, the, again, like, the universe expands, right? Yeah, yeah. You and, and D-Bone. And, I mean, for downstate, the, to compare Chris's music before to the vibe now, I mean, I'm like, dude, you're jamming. I love this. He used to be so precise, and he's still yeah. precise. And he is precise. And like, still math rocky, he, yeah. but it's like, again. It's a little um, more flow in there. Yeah, and and that's, that's um, influenced me as well, as you'll hear on the 
um, though you were absent on the uh, B-side of Wild Abandon. I will check it out. You see, I brought it back. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's you know, it's a long road, but it's a long road to this place in Queens. But I'm glad I'm here. You're here. You made it. Wow, that is I have that made is fascinating. It. So I, that cracks me up because the Village Voice, when I first moved to New York it's in '03, yeah. well, it was still the coolest. Yeah. Every show. Yeah. What's the you know? We'd look at all the jazz clubs and all the yeah. bitter end. You yeah. know, and it was like. Totally. Obviously, Dan Savage, Savage Love. Totally. Still yep. crushing it. Oh, was I, I mean, because it was a free paper, that in New York Press was all I read in the first, I don't know, 10 years I was here or something. Yep. And then I kept reading them. It's where when I was sourcing stories to pitch at Rolling Stone, I would just go through the back and be like, what's at SOBs? What's at Mercury Lounge? This is pre-Bowery Ballroom. I don't know what was brownies, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. I'd grown up reading about those places. And I was like, I want to play those places. And I want to see shows at those places, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've got, I, I've done both. It's been a... It was a good ride. It's not done, folks. We're still, we're still riding. <laughs> it was a good, it was a good ride. ride. It's over. It's been good. <laughs> Go on without me. <laughs> no, we're still riding. We're still riding. We're still riding. Dude. I mean, ride or die. I'm feeling even more motivated. You're, you know, like everybody's still putting out records. What are you going to do? You can't really stop. You're already doing it. This is yeah. the thing I do. This is what I do now. Yeah, so. I often get that. Like it's so great that you're still doing that, and I'm like. Does that mean it's bizarrely not age appropriate? <laughs> Does that mean like it's great that you do that? Does that mean like hey, way to go, but I'm not listening? And yeah, I don't know. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know if there's another way. Um, you can't stop, right? Like what? Are, what, are we, what else am I going to do? Yeah, I mean it's good for my soul. It's a great way to spend time. You know, um, I don't really play golf. I have. I don't. I don't really golf. jog or I run. But like you run, you're an athlete. I run. Well, I'm, <laughs> That's generous. <laughs> Athlete is generous. I am capable of running straight for six to thirteen miles and occasionally twenty-six. That's far, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And I feel like people should know about your newsletter. Your writing, uh, yeah. this whole do writing you read component. That? Come on, be I read, no, I do. It's a good scan. It's hard to do, but man, I you know I used to block right like. Um, when I moved to New York and, and launched my first website, so I was early on in New York, I did a lot of web design and production and site production and stuff. Really? Yeah. And um, so I made my own site before people had sites. But before I always, people were doing that. Yeah, but I always wrote in the third person. I was like, the, I tried to look like a company. Uh-huh. And then I remember reading that dude who founded CD Baby, Derek Sivers, wrote, like, people don't want you to be a company. They want you to be a person. I mean, this dude saw that. Honestly, ten years before, before everybody was, else, before what we're at doing, at least now. six years before shit like Real World, which is just a television version of that, right? So anyway, um, I've pivoted to first person and started writing something every day because I that was a big deal of my day job, whether it was Rolling Stone or I eventually went to MTV News, which I helped launch. Like we were, you know, it was that idea of like there was a time, dude, when you know one thing a day or six things a day or eight things a day was a lot for any entity to publish. Yeah. Even the New York Times to put it on the internet, right? It's like the sound of iPods everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> History lesson on media in New York. Yeah. How boring. Where's the rock and roll, dude? Yeah. Um, no, 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 no. Anyway, I just I remember going you know through this. Rolling Stone and circling. All of the places I wanted to go, so like they might be giants and Matthew Sweet, and it was I, so Chris and I have a lot of that in common. The Downstate Darlings, right? He yes. loves his, um, I don't know, '90s alt pop or something, yes. right? Um, so, which is slightly age inappropriate for him because he was actually pretty young at that point because he's like ten years my junior. Yeah, that's. Ish. I guess you're right. Yeah, I he thought about that. He right? was. A, I mean, somebody turned him on to some stuff that was further out than like. 
Who was listening to The Cure when they were like nine, eight, seven? Definitely not right? me. I think that's no. how it works mathematically yeah. for him. But anyway, maybe he picked it up at NYU. He also, I don't know. I don't know. But um, we no, got that you're right. That's, that's true. I never really put that together yeah. until you pointed that out. Because yeah. he, he really does like that is his I thing. I spend a lot of time thinking about you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I pieced it all together, yeah. You, you come to my apartment and it's like the string connecting the cutout pictures with like maps and, and photos shot from a great distance. He's been tracking us. T-Mac T is just at the top of the chain. Yeah. <laughs> with those chops and twiddling his thumbs. Yeah, playing bass behind every track ever. Yeah, man. It, yeah, Tony's, Tony changed my life. He's a good man. So about your blogging, though, you're saying you're yeah. blogging every oh, day. See, yeah, bring me home. Nice job. That's a that's like top notch interviewing right there. <laughs> um, so I blogged once upon a time, uh, and for a long time, um, and it's all still there at benjaminwagner.com, which is an interesting, hilarious thing to dip back into periodically. So uh, a couple of months ago, six months ago, I just thought to myself, uh, I didn't feel like social media. Twitter is not my thing. Facebook not wasn't working for me instagram yes um to some degree but i was like how do i how do i connect more meaningfully mm. um and a lot of what i do at work is not around newsletters but is about helping people connecting more meaningfully on social media platforms mm. and so um i just applied my own logic which is well let's just try a newsletter so you know um and my um one of my dear friends um um, Whitney has a great um, newsletter that I've been. She used to do pop candy, Whitney Matheson uh, for USA Today, and so she had one, and it was inspiring. As I tip my captor on the first one, so yeah, I write every one to two weeks, and it's usually where you get a music video first or a story behind something first, in and usually or a show. Yeah, that's right, and you or a clip for a show, and usually in some, I trying to make it like frankly higher value proposition than like the mass distribution, mm -hmm. um, but I also it's. It's additional work, but it's actually really it's it's a it's fun from a process standpoint. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Um, uh, it's funny. I thought to myself, I need to ask more questions because I don't know who's actually out there reading. Um, but I, I like doing it. I've always liked writing. I mean, I was I'm a word guy. I think first. I in fact, I was a word guy way before I learned guitar. Yeah. Um, if you can call it learned guitar, you can call it learned guitar. You play right? guitar. Come right. on, man. <laughs> So you were like a literature guy first. You were reading books. Well, I'm in a creative writing and newspaper major. Yeah. Um, not you know I, I played music in high school and college in bands and sang in musicals, but I didn't really learn to play an instrument until I was about 20. And I I just was annoyed that I couldn't write my own stuff and I had to depend on somebody <laughs> else. Depend on a guitar and I was player, like, yeah. I, I got this. I should be able to do this, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is like, and it was actually an REMB side. I, it, there's a song called Pop Song '89 that's not super remarkable, but there was an acoustic version on the B side, and I was like. That sounds pretty doable. It ends up it's A to D with an E major. I mean, it couldn't be any more doable. Any more right? doable, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that those were the things that that moved me pretty along pretty quickly, um, and also informed. If you listen to the B side of Back from Waterloo, um, which I just put out, it's um, totally like I don't know. It's got a little bit of losing my religion or that era of acoustic REM, except me. Except I sing with a little bit of a twang. I'm told, which is bizarre because I'm from Iowa. But I, I I don't know. You hear it twice. I think it's cool. Do you hear it? Uh I did not. But ironically, that you say that my wife did. Oh, is that right? When so I was jamming him and playing him at home, yeah. she's like, "Oh, little country in there." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, "Really?" Because yeah. I I I heard it as like a 
a petty thing. Like, yeah, totally. And you, and you said this is kind of an homage and, to and petty. And I would say, I mean, I've always been a Wilco fan, and apparently a ton of people in Madrid are aware of this because my primary Spotify listenership is in Madrid. I should play a show in Madrid. I've never been, well, I have been in Madrid, but I have not played music in Madrid. But it's because I do a cover of um, Wilco's uh, How to Fight Loneliness um, with Tony and Chris and Jamie. Um, and it's it does gangbusters. So there's that Wilco like country thing too Wilco or whatever thing. that yeah, is. Yeah. Heart- and I think of it more as uh, Heartland or Americana, but yeah. Um, but the petty thing was like absolutely a guiding principle on this record. It's funny. I don't know if we accomplished it. As I listen to it, I'm like, I hear where we're making the moves, you know. But I don't. I don't know if you did. You do like? No, I I heard it because it's like very guitar yeah. driven yeah. and dominated. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. not. There's not weird. And I cover him. <laughs> Oh man! I mean, I remember playing my students who only, of course, listen to hip hop. The youth. I remember playing them a petty song and thinking, like, yeah, they're gonna like this. They're gonna rock, and they're just like, oh, this is country. Interesting. Yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah. Just because yeah. there's not an eight oh eight kick, you know? But it's just perception is a funny thing. You know? Have you listened to the uh, Sturgill Simpson record at all? No, but that is on my list, You've and heard? he has a movie. And oh, he was on Rogan. Yeah, oh, he's right? everywhere right yeah. now. I well, he's in his cycle, right? And um, it's bananas because there are actually drops in it and, like, those kinds of hip-hop sounds and EDM oh, really? sounds, if you will. Is that what the kids call it? EDM, electronic, yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, in and, the Sturgill record. Yeah, and it kind it's kind of like a pop record, but it's like a Skinnerd record. I was describing it as uh, Sergeant Pepper's meets fuck i forgot the second reference but i'll look it up for you um, but it's Garth it's Brooks. it's it's not i mean it's not that hokey or corn pone it never goes in that territory. no his lyrics are very serious yeah I yeah feel yeah like. well they yeah it, although there's a yeah it's a it's uh anyway we're checking out it's a neat definitely I blend right and like um i thought it was pretty brave for mm. for a guy you know for 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 that someone who has that I mean, he's new country. He's blowing up country. He's a little more like Jason Isbell, who all, I'm also a big fan of. So he's badass. You know, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's it's. I was I was in that headspace, but that's kind of where I've been at for I don't know the last ten years, maybe twenty. Ben, maybe three years ago, <clears throat> I had a gig backing up a young rapper for his graduation party. Wow! And it was in the middle of the woods in upstate New York, and I watched all these young kids like in heroin meth country right like <laughs> and they were feeling the kick so hard they and i was like huh and i remember saying to this kid i was like dude you should do like this country hip-hop thing yeah. like you could do this and then what came up old town road yeah hick hop yeah. hick hop yeah. so this is yeah. like a yeah. real yeah. phenomenon right yeah, now I right re- like i need a remix with so that. the fact that sturgill's taking the kind of dude get debo I, when you were talking about the remixes earlier i was like you need to have debo do a hick hop remix for yeah. you yeah Maybe we could just use my choruses and like replace the verses. Do you know what I mean? Like put out like rhymes and verses and just use me for the hook, or even use the backing vocals for the hook and just pull the actual yeah. song out. Just get a couple kick drum drops. There was a dope. time um, in in around two thousand two thousand four. I was recording with an awesome dude named um, Kevin Anthony. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin was an early like vinyl electronica guy. Like pitched, lived in Texas. Pitched Warner Brothers, like this great, did a great job pitching him, got a record deal, moved to New York, built a studio, 
put out a bunch of records, like, you know, what do they call it? What are those eight-inch vinyls? Is that right? Mm. Nine-inch vinyls, 12. How many inches is a vinyl? I don't know. Um, anyway, at one point, um, he turned a little bit country, um, and we got to play a whole bunch of country, and now he lives down in, in Galveston. But he re- remixed a bunch of my tracks kind of with that, like, big beat. And it's bizarre. It just it feels incongruous. So but. you were doing this in 04. What is that when you did the... Yeah, beat? something like that. I mean, I, it was there are no drops because there was no there was no sub <laughs> before you know? sub drops. Yeah, probably. yeah. yeah. Um, but there's definitely <laughs> it's definitely um, electronic drums, you know. But I'm, I mean, it's fun to try. Is the guitar still in the mix? In some of it, yeah. yeah it's yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I like going back. It's interesting that you said that because that era of electronic music now, where we where people were doing it was still it wasn't totally in the box. Yeah. I think it's some of the hippest shit. I think that shit will have a revival. That sound. There's yeah, people that are kind of doing mine. it. Probably not mine. No, 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 but that, that have thing. Have you heard it? it no. It, I think that will be yeah. a color that will come back. Yeah. That might be the next hiccup and then back to like this when acoustic met digital for the oh, first Oh, yeah, like um, thing, Beth you know? Orton, for example. It was yes. It was around then. You know, or like um, Mezzanine. Who, who's, whose album was Mezzanine? I can hear the, anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. That's cool. I like the downstate remixes. That's D-Bone. Is that? Well, there you go. Yeah, Ooh. no, I mean, he's, that's like what his heart is. I think he just wants to be locked into a Remixing, closet. Remixing yeah, yeah. business? Oh, well, good. We'll, pick, we'll send him one. <laughs> I'm serious. We got singles, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I got We got singles I need some B-sides here, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It's so great. The actual singles, right? Like, to actually have a 45. I think the first thing I ever bought, it was a Kiss on Your List by Hall & Oates. On, on a forty-five dollar forty-nine at Peaches. Don't know what the B side was. That is a good price. Yeah, man. Well, it was probably nineteen eighty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, it was nineteen eighty. Might have been seventy-nine. Holy shit! I listened to that record so many times. My pops busted across his leg. He was like, "Enough!" <laughs> Which now that I have a seven and nine year old, I get. But I would like. I'm aware of the fact that I cannot bust it over there. <laughs> Yeah. Besides, what are you going to do? Like, the car stereo won't break across my leg. Like, my phone won't. One day, Maggie said to me, Daddy, when I grow up, I want to make music for phones, too. And I was like, oh, boy, she thinks we make music for phones. Oh, because God. she should. She should. That's her Sonos perception. Sonos is yeah. my phone. Spotify is my phone. iTunes is mommy's phone. Even the car is ultimately connected on the phone. I want to make music for phones. Ladies and gentlemen, we're making music for phones. <laughs> Raise your hand if you hear us on your phone. It's so true. High five. It's so true. Uh, but we're starting to be cyborgs, right? Like you walk down the street and people have, the, just staring at their they phone. have the white headphones. They're staring at their phones or their watch, which is even more integrated. It'll be a contact lens. I saw a guy with a pair of glasses today, red light in the corner, like, you know. What did the red light do? Google well, Glass? That's I don't a know. real thing? I don't know There's if it was Google Glass or, or um, Snapchat was going to do another oh, version. Snapchat had a or version, if it yeah. was just a camera because some guys, he was skateboarding, and some guys and gals tape themselves in the city so that if something happens, they've got it on record, mm-hmm. um, I assume, yeah, or yeah. for cool comp Or just tapes. clips. Yeah, right. yeah, they're just stacking clips. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think we're getting to cyborg. You know, I think yeah. No, I know it. I saw like a eight year old in, in Union Square with her dad carrying a skateboard. Young woman, like hit, like uh, Converse high tops that she'd arted up. You know, like super skater punk. Yeah. Um, with noise canceling headphones and sunglasses, and her dad walking her to school. And I was like, oh please, kids, don't noise cancel me. That's when you're you know you've lost. <laughs> 
Man, what? For my class last night, teenage boys, I collect their phones at the beginning of class. Uh, I have to, man, because I see it. They'll instantaneously, right? And I end the class 10 minutes early because we have to pack up and I fill out the practice sheet and giving them new charts to learn for next week. And this is the first year where, well, maybe this has happened before, but it was so pronounced last night that I was like doing something and there was no bullshitting teenager voices, right? Yeah. And I had realized that they felt class was over, so they were all just... Yeah. It's a... Not talking to each other. Yeah. And I was, I was... That's so sad, right? You're like, dude, you guys still have 10 minutes to laugh with each yeah, other. Yeah, it's the subtext of our Mr. Rogers movie, actually, because he was super aware of the fact that TV, TV, that screens now, but TV then, there were two dynamics that kids couldn't quite crack, and ultimately none of us can, um, which is how engaging they are mm-hmm. and effective. I mean, they actually There's... flicker in such a way that they, they stimulate a component of the brain that's not unlike when you see something in the wild out of the corner of your eye and you, like, jerk to see it. Like, yeah. it's the same response, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then secondarily is the power of, uh, let's call it advertising, consumerism, all the things that are pitched to us. And if you're seven or six or five, you got no intellect. Let me rephrase that. You don't have, quite have the skills to decode what's happening, right? In a yeah. way that you and I at least can go. Now we're like, this is bullshit. Right, or they're pitching X because of Y or like whatever. Like you can make connections and put up filters to some degree. Mm-hmm. It's still super powerful stuff. Um, I still and, fall and for screens it. is like, I mean, sorry, screens in your hand or on your watch. Or, I mean, I see it with my own kids and I have the same experience myself. It must be. I don't know, 10x the problem of just walking into your living room and turning on a television <laughs> yeah. or 100x the yeah. <laughs> problem or challenge or whatever. So 10X. I have this thesis, that, and one of the things I love about playing rock and roll is um, I have this thesis that we need, and a lot of what I do by day um, at the intersection of media and technology, as I often say, is convenings, as you know, like getting people together to do things in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, my, my, my hope is, and, and how I like to think of my life is, uh, particularly as moving forward, is how can we convene people to do more things together in real life, especially or or, or perhaps in response to or minimally to to balance the dynamic that we're experiencing staring into our hands, you know? Because yeah. um, you can't beat this. Yes, this is mediated by microphones, but still it's really cool to sit down and talk to you for 45 minutes. Yeah, Because absolutely. how, you know, we made a commitment to like close out the world for a second and engage and that's usually a much richer reward than any thing that pops up in any 100%. of my respective feeds, yeah. even though, like, you know, I'm playing on the YouTube, I check the Google News and, like, you know, the Facebook and the Instagram. So it's interesting and challenging. It is interesting and challenging. And, yeah, even my wife and I at the home front, we have uh, no phones in the bedroom now. Uh, that's great, yeah. And it has been, like, I would I wake up and I, like, would lean over to grab Totally. It. I was like, wait a second. Yeah. It's not in here. I'm so, like, That's, first yeah. thing. Now I have my own thoughts for, yeah. like, a few minutes before I'm like, okay, I got to go check my texts and, and emails. And all the data supports that. Holy um, shit. The, particularly those first two minutes. Um, I was thinking about actually putting, I had this thought today as I got the day going, it's going to be a good day. And frankly, it's because I was like, oh, in the afternoon, I get to go to Queens and talk to Paul. Yeah. And I was like, and I, I was, and I went for a run. I was like, this is going to be a good day. And I thought to myself, you should think that every morning. Like, make yourself. Yeah. And what if when I picked up my phone, it just said that, right? It just reminded me before everything else. But we, if you don't have that, you, you're basically 
putting a block between yourself and yourself the moment you roll over. So I good, to, good on you. I think I'd have a hard time selling that at home, but I'm going to try. <laughs> I know I've done. We got my, alarm clocks so you can well, wake that, up. Yeah, that's yeah, like the, that school. is absurdly the challenge, yeah. isn't it? Really? <laughs> yeah, like I, mean, I just do have to I, wake does up. Does the phone is the phone the only way I can wake up? I mean, for years yeah. it was like pff, hit the snooze bar physically, right? So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Smart man. Uh, it's 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 been changing. It yeah. feels good to leave it in the kitchen and just be like. Pff, you know, okay. I went I went to a Chappelle show at Radio City with um with a bot a couple of years ago and, and, and his wife and my wife and some friends. It was fun. And the and, sealed bag. And they thing? take the, yeah, they take the phones and I was like, This is amazing. Now, as a performer and also like somebody who makes ideas that he hopes will spread, there's a challenge inherent. I mean, yes. if you're Chappelle, man, like you're, you're the king good, of the world. You yeah. know. But for the rest of us jokers, you kinda need that. Need might be strong. There's a component of that that ideally can amplify your efforts to others, right? Mm -hmm. So if somebody tweets, hey, good record, that matters, right? If somebody shares a photo or a video, that's that's at least somebody new you're in front of somewhere, right? Um, but 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 you're also lacking real focus and presence, right? And, and yeah, attention. Yeah, the real thing. Yeah. yeah, so good on him. Yeah, it's a fuck. It's crazy. And you, we just have to be able to play Radio City, I guess. <laughs> you have to get to the Radio City level. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and I... I was thinking about that this morning. I was thinking about an earlier point, a young artist friend of mine who's at the perfect age where, like, all of his friends would come to his, she'd, like, he can draw, like, 80 people, no problem, because he's, like, just out of yeah. college, you know? And he's he was talking to me, he's like, yeah, you know what? They have more free time. Younger, young, the, the yeah, kid, they, they're they, like, this guy, I love this guy, I'm no free. Married, there's no, there's not yeah. married, they don't have kids, like. It's not a negotiation, and you don't need yeah, a sitter. No. Yeah. He's at that perfect age, and I told him, I was like, you take advantage of this time, because as soon as, once you turn 27, 28, yeah. your numbers are going to just start to drastically yeah. drop. He's looking at me like, you know, you know he thinks, but then he was like, yeah, so we're getting a publicist. And I was like, well, good on you guys. But a piece of me thinks like, I was like, it, you can't even get any traction as an independent artist if you post a track and you don't boost the post and you don't, ugh, all this stuff. It's like yeah. it all takes bread to even get, not yeah. even to Radio City, to get to Rockwood, for Christ's sake, you know? like Yeah, uh, it's funny. I actually wrote something down this morning. There's a song, a new song by a, I think it's by these guys called Quiet Hounds, who I just randomly discovered and they just put out a new record and one of the songs is called The Rest is Just Noise which I just wrote down this morning I was like you know how do you it was back to our previous point about like putting a phone in between you and the world right like how do you filter out the noise yeah. and focus on the signal right the real the real real uh, the deeper stuff the stuff that returns a different kind of existential value not the stuff that's trying to sell you something right yes, yeah. <laughs> um, in fact if if it's that, just slide it to the just right. Just turn you know? it off. Get it um, out of here. Yeah. Uh, and something nice about that uh, that phrase. Um, something to aspire to. Is that a good song? Yeah, it's a pretty good record. Um, it's it's a grower. It's super acoustic piano. Um, they're from like South Carolina or something. I don't know. I must get a lot of the Carolinas. It's back <laughs> to the petty and the voice, I guess, and the yeah. the twang. <laughs> Quiet house. There are banjos on. Um, on uh, what's left behind and cello, so you know. And cello, your cello buddy. Yeah, 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 man. I was. Who listening. played banjo? Um, Jeff Burner. 
It's banjitar. It's banjitar. Oh, it's a guitar that yeah, sounds yeah, like yeah. a banjo. Um, I literally banjo walked in on day one. I was like, I just want to be clear. I would like to use the banjitar. And he's like, oh, great. And then he's like, have you ever heard of Nashville tuning? And I was, Nashville guitar. And I was like, no. So there's a lot of both of those things. Um, and those then, are beautiful sounds. And there's a little bit of slide. And then, the slide, yeah. 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 Um, so, you know, some, some, of, those, some of those voices. Mm-hmm. Um, and a little bit of Casey Shea. Did you ever know Casey? Did you ever cross paths with of him? Of course. Um, little Casey Monster Shea singing performer. Yeah, backing vocals. A little bit of my friends, the Nadas, singing backing vocals, guys from Iowa. Um, you Your know, superstar friend, Jamie Lionheart. That's right, of course. That's right. God bless her. Yeah, boy. <laughs> we, we played, so we cover Yaz's Only You, which was a big song for me when I was a kid. And we did it live at the at the release, and she goes, "Were you trying to mess me up?" And I was like, "Oh shit!" Because I kept this, I kept that de- like I kept that uh, right before you refrain only you. Mm-hmm. I kept like sustaining it and making it like playing it out, you know, like adding beats. And she's like, "You know, it's a key moment in the duet, dude." Yeah, but it sounds it, like, good the on record. the record. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "No, I mean, I, back to the dead thing." Like, I don't know. Sometimes no, I'm just I jamming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, ladies and gentlemen, I, music does not sound anything like The Grateful Dead. Um, oh, that's funny. That sometimes you lose track, and luckily somebody's paying attention. You can't shake Jamie Lenhart, though. That's the thing. I don't know how she does it. I think she understands breath. I think she can watch your chest to see how you're breathing, and watch your lips to like. I, the woman can match vocals. She's I've been sing, I've been singing with her for ten years, which I considered like like yeah she. She throws me the bone. Yeah. You know, like she does these like serious high level, like amazing art shows at Joe's Pub. And then she's like, yeah, come play with the rock and roll guy. Yeah. I'll and it's it. a little replacement-y, but sure. You know? <laughs> no, she's great. She's yeah. so good. And I remember Tony saying oh, she has a vibe when she steps on stage. And she did have that energy where like the music is real serious all yeah. of a sudden. Like, okay, we're fucking around, but she's super serious yeah she kind of like steadies steadies the ship it's almost like her um you know when her feet are she because she does she's aware of how like her feet and her position with her body in a way that i'm not because she actually knows how to sing (laughs) right i mean (laughs) like i don't know if you've heard me tell this story but i asked her to sing with me on a holiday record years ago um I don't even remember which one we did together because we've done bunches now. And so at the time, I had a little setup like this in a walk-in closet. And mm-hmm. this woman who I'd seen at a show and met through Casey um, came over to my apartment, stepped into my closet where I closed the door and recorded her doing vocals. You know, like could have been super weird. Could have been it was so great. awkward. Yeah. She nailed it. And as soon as she started singing, I was like, you're a fool. How did you invite someone this talented into your hacky little bedroom <laughs> studio? But God bless her. She, we, she's a She's a... A dear friend. She's always good for a deep talk. Yeah. And um, Estuary is bananas if you haven't heard about it or seen it, which is the place she – I think she calls it a one-woman show uh, at, that she did at Joe's Pub and in Philadelphia. It's just pff, so major. Mm. You know, like it's a, so she does the acting thing too. Yeah, it's like a, She's like a monologue theater. plus songs and it's fully orchestrated. I mean, there's, you're, I'm always like, I don't, how do you – what are the economics – of having three cellists, four vocalists, a timpani player, you know, yeah. Michael, like, it's bananas. And it so- always sounds like something I've never heard, you know. Yeah. And then, and yeah, so she does both. And so there's, like, a narrative through line, her body of work. Pretty great. Wow. Pretty great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you, she's she's special. It's she just, on it's just been a good one ride, track right? Like, yeah, it's yeah. been a good ride. Like, all this, you know, all these... Um, so the song "Back from Waterloo" on this record is that, is about my parents' divorce, which always, for the longest, felt like 
the big trauma that messed everything up, right? When did they get how old? Oh, dude, I was 10, and it just uh, lingers, you know? Yeah. And what I love about being a dad now, and a lot of, I think a large component of my songwriting comes from melancholy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you may have, I wrote about this the other day. And, and or usually you pick it up in a, when you're in that headspace, not like in, if I'm in party headspace, we're probably partying. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes, Do you know what I mean? I'm not like, yeah. hey, Paul, I'm enjoying this beer, but if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go try and capture this vibe yeah. with my acoustic guitar alone in my bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> It wouldn't even, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard to do. You yeah. mediate it by picking up your guitar immediately. Anyway, yeah. maybe you can do it because you play huge, you can play huge riffs and big sounds, but like, you know, my Martin acoustic, it's kind of got it's a soul, it's, finger pick yeah, or I like, strum. Um, it's so, an intimate moment. It's yeah. not the, the scream. Yeah. yeah. I. So, so not, your parents got divorced. Yeah. And, and, and you think this song stems from when you're 10? Like, well, so the beautiful thing, thank you. Nicely redirected again. Um, the thing about having kids is if the music led to the melancholy, which came first, the music of the melancholy, and the melancholy led to the songwriting, or at least became a fuel for it. And it's not all melancholy people. Like I said, it's The Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow. I probably have 110 versions of it with rock and roll guitars, drums, bass, keyboards. Yeah. I am Little Orphan Annie. Um, <laughs> oh, that's, just delete that line. Um, so, so uh, uh, But now that I have kids and like, all these things connect, like my wife came to, my, came to see me at Rockwood Music Hall after spotting me on Friendster, yes, dating myself, yeah, uh, and didn't confess to the Friendster hook for like three months. Um, by the way, I, was, I didn't want you to think I was a stalker, but I saw you on this website, and that's why I came to the show. And I was like, oh, cool. Well, that's why I'm on the website. Yeah. Anyway, um, it worked out. <laughs> yeah, we got married. Out, we yeah. have kids. And now you have these kids, and, and like in this Back From Waterloo video, my kids are the band, mm-hmm. um, like playing guitars we made by hand. And... Uh, there's something kind of beautiful about thinking about how Waterloo, which is the parent place my parents met uh, and were born, even if shit went south at one point, that it nets out in this new place where, like, you had to endure that dark night. See, that's what you call a callback in comedy, right? Yes, when you bring calling it back. You, the dark night of the soul to power through to the next sunrise, right? You keep on walking through the dark because that's where the sun comes up. That's where the sunrise is or whatever, you know? So, mm-hmm. so it's... it's uh, it's been an interesting journey. To me, that was a drinking tune. <laughs> I was like, you're talking about the beer part. I was just like, yes. I was like, this is what this song feels yeah, I, like. like. By the way, when I got that lyric, I was like, oh, I nailed it. It's good. So I'll just sit, I just sit here at this stool and drink till I forget the fool yes. I've turned into. I was like, I mean, I had nothing to do with that. But when it came out, I was like, that'll do. You know, one of those moments Mm. where you're like, that lyric will do. So, yeah, there's beer in it. In the video, it's a um, piece of cardboard beer. So we made the beer by – it's actually like a really poorly – not poorly done – highly underfunded OK Go video without the time or expertise (laughs) or cast to do the right thing. So, like – my kids and I made power lines out of cardboard and string. We made clouds that come down on a backdrop. We have our – guitars and drums made of cardboard that we painted um, and then this beer thing that's cardboard and it, you just can't see all of it you know and there's yeah, like yeah. crazy background and this silly light that I got for 10 bucks on Amazon but it's somehow kind of like a perfect encapsulation of like my life in 2019 like it's a good song I'm going to give you the earnest verses then I'm going to give you this absurd silly pop colored chorus with my kids you know yeah um it's no Hit Me Baby One More Time. Uh, it's a good tune. It's a good tune. But, I mean, that video you guys did, I mean, there's no card playing. 
There's no pool playing. Oh, I like that. That hits, hits home for me for a little bit because I remember, this is a weird, weird memory, but I remember being about that age, about 10 or 12, and my buddies, Josh Clark, his yeah. dad and mom got divorced, and we would go over and play at his house, and his dad was sitting in the in the kitchen alone, uh, drinking beer in the dark yeah. for like months. And oh it was boy. like, imagine the shit on that kid. Yeah. That was what you were going through probably. You know what I mean? I was always like, damn, it's a dark vibe. Like, Literally and figuratively dark vibe at your yeah, house was, right now. Like you can tell, was. the father was so depressed. Neither of I never saw them sitting alone in the kitchen drinking a beer, but uh, <laughs> I saw some. I mean, you know, you see, you. I suspect now that I'm married twelve years that, and a buddy of mine just went through a divorce. In fact, I was talking to him all the time making this record. So there's a lot of him in this record because um, uh, he he would just you know. People just get highly uncivil, right? Yeah, and I get it. I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't experience it, but I can imagine it, right? Um, luckily, I haven't experienced it, but I can imagine it. Um, so anyway, it was, yeah, it was, it was dark, and it, it lingers because you're ten or nine, and it was fall, by the way. So it's already getting dark anyway. The seasons have always. It's hard to know which came first, the music or the melancholy, which yeah. came first, the, 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 the calendar of my life or mm-hmm. my life. Um, you know, I'm also a fall baby. I'm a September kid. So, like, September's always, like, renew, refresh, but you got to die to get to life, right? Like, because mm-hmm. it all dies in the winter. These are the things I think about, Paul. No, but these are real things. I mean, this explains our signs probably, right? Like, well, it also, how it can al- this be the deal that we're all Scorpios are all like this? And they're like, oh, I don't know. It's getting fucking dark here. You're yeah, I, I, I suspect, right? Same, similarly, um, where you are in your family, right? Like, mm-hmm. my wife the is the oldest thing. of three i'm the youngest of two i can i am often pointing out the experience i think that my youngest daughter is having because i have some experience there and she's often i'm often going to her see that's what you older siblings do (laughs) (laughs) but it all it all it all balances through the system and and helps us become who we are yeah you know that's interesting helps us or or hinders us to becoming either way it's who we're gonna be it is what it is Yeah. yeah yeah So I love you were the tangerine. Saying, the tangerine is aces. That's why yeah. I got it. Yeah. And I just said aces because I was thinking about how's that the phrase. how's the um um what is that cranberry what cran raspberry. So it's, it's like it's like ocean spray. It's vi- yeah. <laughs> you know the cranberry is apparently enormously bitter and should never have been a juice or any kind of product that anyone ever ate. They just jack like 30 grams of sugar in a bottle, right? Yes, that absolutely makes sense. Yeah. It's incredibly. I have these conversations with my kids. They're like, Dad. Could you just not check the box once? Can I just enjoy my damn cranberry <laughs> My juice? wife will be like, hey, everybody, we're going to have some candy. And she's like, heroic. And I'm like, let's just check the back of that macaroni and cheese box for calories, okay? <laughs> let's see what we're really eating. What garbage are we yeah. consuming right we're now? Like, Maggie, your entire meal is beige. This is a problem. This is a problem. <laughs> and you're the one. You have militant screen viewing uh, with you. It's not that militant. And no, but be, I think because that's good, though. I'm, I would probably, I would be like, I'm, no I'm screens. pretty militant. My wife is, uh, my wife is like with the candy, and, and she's just balance is all. I have a hunch if I index the other way, she'd balance me the other way. But um, they, every, they, they, at this point, they're old enough that they use them for school to some degree. Um, but they also, like, they get a window of exception weekend mornings. So, but I'm real. I'm like, no, we don't watch television in cars. Like, no. you know, cars come with, I, I'm sorry, like, look out the window. It's yeah. like God's fucking television. Yeah. Like, amazing shit is happening outside. Like, look, you know, so 
we we do a lot. Like we will be like, all right, we're gonna play the game with like the alphabet. Who sees the A? You know, just shit like that. Yeah. yeah. Cause man, you know, what, we listen what to music. grade do kids get their phones in now? Music from phones. <laughs> Every question Maggie and Elsie ask me, I'm like, twenty one, <laughs> like thirty five. <laughs> They're like, so can I have an iPhone now? They and actually like, right now no. have these flip phones that don't work that their grandfather gave to them. And on we just went for a trip and they were pretending talking on them the whole time. And I was like, Abby, this is exact. This is all they're doing is like, this is making it worse, not better. Like, so they will disappear. I promise you they will disappear. They'll just go, they'll be like, where'd the phones go? But I, I, I don't know. I hid them they will be gone. For all of us. I've actually hidden them already. But so yeah, I'm a little, I just, <laughs> I just would rather like, already. like my wife's family plays board games, dude. I yeah. mean, this rock and roll is no. This podcast is no longer a rock and roll. No, this is still but rock like, and roll, man. Well, I don't know. Like, I think if everyone's staring at their hands, it's pretty rock and roll to play fucking sorry. Yeah, we, we took the kids to a brewery roll, in St. Michael's, Maryland. Played two games of sorry while we drank beer. Like, that's kind of rock and roll. Yeah. They had fun. We had fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like games, and we played cards and shit. Like you know, like they play down in the basement, and put on shows for us. Like I play music for them. Like. I don't know. All the good stuff no, happens. Real shit. Yeah. With sweat and like heat in the room and someone bumping into you and spilling a beer on your toe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or like, I don't know, like going to a the first time I saw Michael Stipe of live, I was in the second row and I was like, he had mascara on and he was spitting, you know, like, <laughs> like it's visceral. Like yeah. the New York dolls were visceral. Right. Like yeah. it's an animal know. experience. Yeah. 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 So anywho, I mean, um, I'm an advocate, but I'm not that militant. Um, you know, it, it's fun to hear them laugh and stuff. Because <laughs> do they have their own record player? Um, yeah, they have all kinds. I mean, they have a they have a um, CD player with a microphone. Right, because we. Yeah, um, they have a, a lot of instruments. Although I've tried to, you know, not be super prescriptive, but I'm like, well, now you have a ukulele and a three quarter size piano lessons. Yeah, um, we'll we start dance next week. We haven't foisted any of it, but they, there's a little bit of all of it. Um, yeah, they have a lot of music in their lives, and they frankly index to like pop, like of course, pretty, Demi Lovato, pretty, pretty sad. Billie Eilish. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't even know. Like they loved that Lord song when it was big, which is Crit Royals. Yeah, that was which well, I guess makes sense. Song. I mean, yeah. it's a great like the, the 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 chorus is super singable, but then they start to to take the poses that they see in magazines and they must see in other people's TV in other, on other people's televisions because there's not wa- watching like the Lord video in my house you know um, they did watch our video that they made <laughs> do they love it yeah I, actually Maggie I go hey I published a video she goes oh now other people get to see me looking silly and I was like dude you look amazing yeah <laughs> like you're fully rock posing like she's totally like she's got it down you know she's yeah. um, funny because I don't know where she picked it up I don't I don't know um, she's only been to one rock show in her life. And she just, you, you don't think it's her father who's super rock and but roll? But I don't walk around the house like... Doing your Mick Jagger? Showing your best like, Mick Jagger? I may have actually yeah, come to think of it. Yeah, you come like, on. Pantomiming solos and stuff. <laughs> like, let me just show you my Michael Stipe. <laughs> yeah. No, no, this is, this is how you position your head during the solo. <laughs> Back, mouth open, you're in pain, but it's actually joyful. <laughs> That's right. Now, let's try that again. <laughs> that's literally what we do to the kids you know what I mean yeah it's like we're stuffing theory down their fates and then it becomes performance time yeah. and we'll be like look at yourself in the mirror yeah. look cooler look cooler yeah. and then there's just kids who will never look cool and we're like 
okay, we're going to put sunglasses on you at the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or own that. Yeah. Stay in your state. Just stay still. Stay in your lane. Be pillar, the dorkiest pillar still. dork yeah. that you can be. Yeah, I. Uh, it may not surprise you. No one, I never had that performance class. I me mean, Even when I was in plays in high school, I don't remember anybody giving me any clear guidance. Really? On, may, you know, maybe Did, on projecting. And I remember taking voice lessons to sharpen up kind of my, I don't know, to understand what I was doing because <laughs> yeah. it's always been intuitive. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. If, even even the last few shows playing with you guys, I think I've been more at ease on stage than ever in large part because I know there's a fantastic din happening around me. Mm-hmm. So I almost don't need to sweat it, which is how I, I first got hooked playing rock and roll. When I was in uh, college, I played in a band, the absurdly named Smoky Jungle Frog, and uh, I, I sang 50% of the time, just sang, you know? Yeah. So you could just hold the microphone and, like, kind of do the stage and and wear a raincoat, even if it's 110 degrees outside, That's always you know, best, like, yeah. whatever. Um, have a look. A um, little less little less earnest, a little less serious, you know? Yeah, yeah. I just saw a photo of us. We played a, we played a show, at like, a 25th, for 25th anniversary of our first record. Um, I, I may have been 24 or 26, I don't really know. But I looked at us just the other day, and I was like, wow. Not a ton of rock and roll in this photo. Like the bass player used to wear like uh, absurd tassel vests and like these slippers that were like monster slippers, you know, with like a really bad Cobain sweater and like some Guatemalan pants, right? Like that's a nof- look, right? And none of it worked, like well, individually or together. And the drummer was totally different, and and so forth, right? Now it was like four men. Jeans, T-shirt, and everyone's wearing running shoes. Yeah. <laughs> now my running shoes were like cut above. You know, <laughs> a little bit cooler. I'll yeah. stop here. Not that they'll hear this. Um, fashion. Where yeah, it's did hard. you guys? Play? It, fashion is hard. It it's was becoming completely random place in Boston. It was not. Um, it was. It was a long road back to playing together with those guys. Which is weird. Did you go to college in Boston there? I went to we went to I went to Syracuse and we oh, we played for three years, three, put out three records, yeah, yeah. Um, and and played a ton. Toured, uh, played New York City, played Boston, played colleges. You know, like played like somehow that was what a I did in college. Piece? Yeah, um, and and again, it, and you you're you're heroes everywhere you go, right? Like it's always a good time, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you're always um, having fun. And we played probably by the end 15 percent covers. So you throw something in. I mean, I always like to do a cover. Because um, I think it's good context on where you're coming from, mm-hmm. but also you can give people something to hook into that, like, puts you in a, gives you context for them, but also gives them, um, you know, I don't know, in some ways a relief to decoding what you're doing. Yeah. You know? They're just processing original yeah, music, unless they hard. know your work, right? It's hard. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it was it was a lot of fun, but it, you know, uh, for whatever reason, it didn't. It ended. You know. I don't know. Like all great yeah, things. It, just, yeah. it, it, it burned hot and it, it, it flamed out and I think <laughs> it took a long time. Um, but it was fun. Did the band move to New York with you? Kind no, like that, that, was part of the, you were that was part of the challenges. I was Q's. like, I'm not staying in Syracuse. And I graduated first. I was like, I'm not staying here, dude. It's fucking like four feet of snow every couple of days. No joke, right? <laughs> yeah. Starts snowing in September, ends in May. Well, I'm there September to May. So like, this You're is like, a drag. I'm out of here. here. Yeah. You know, and, and at the time, I just don't think we had the imagination for it. Um, mostly for the economics of how to like take that part of the risk. But it was also, dude, I graduated college in 93. So, so much of the infrastructure that you could at least know how to leverage now, not that to your point, you might have to boost or invest or it wouldn't be free, but like a lot of tools are there to connect in a way that, I mean, 
dude, you had to crank, you had to make CDs and cassettes, right? And sell mm-hmm. them out of your car. There was no distributor for anybody who wasn't on a label, right? I mean, people bought shit at record stores, you know what I mean? Oh, no. So, so it was a different proposition. I, I remember making my own tapes yeah. and selling them. Yeah, yeah, me too. And then we had CDs. We yeah. made our own CDs. You could only get our CD at our show. And it was it. People bought them. Yeah, know. totally. Yes. Yeah, it was actually. We a, made a hundred bucks on records. It Dude, was a. Group. We would get drunk and do a round of shots with the money we made from. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I remember my first show I ever played. I was fifteen. I made twelve. We made twelve dollars each. We went to like Roy Rogers. Everybody had a sandwich, coke, and fries. We were done. Yeah. Like, three hours of work. We had a sandwich. So it hasn't really changed, Paul. It really hasn't. No, <laughs> nothing's changed. I'm not sure the existential return is any different either. I yeah. use existential a lot, don't I? I'm not sure that this sort of vibe, the the thing that it pays you back, it, it, isn't. It's the same. You're like, oh, that was fun. That, that was, was fun. awesome. That was a great experience. Hey, that that the, there in the verse, that solo, or there in the like that thing, that moment was amazing. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, yeah. It's true. It really hasn't changed. Well, let's. Well, tell me about how you doing, man. I'm doing good. I have to go teach Ben. Yeah. We made this happen. Daylight follows. Yeah. Tell us about this track. You did kind of already. Is there anything well, special? We I should wrote know? it with Chris and Jamie. Um, I, I I had written something in like three, four, or six, eight. That was just oh, that like, and and, and I was feel. like, I I played for. Him. I was like, dude, I can't have a sailor shanty on this record. Like nobody wants to hear six, eight. You know. So I was like, you gotta help me straighten this out. And he goes, well, you could always do this. And I was like, okay. And Jamie was there, and like, I have a demo of us. You can hear his kids talking in the background, you know, um, out at his house on uh, North Fork. Yeah. Um, it's funny though, like, so we recorded it to be an acoustic track at the end of the record, and then as the record evolved, I was like, it needs, I want it to be bigger. So I put a, um, Chris, Chris says I'm the only guy who ever adds bass and drum after the acoustics are tracked, which is probably true. But I had my friend John and his brother Will in Des Moines lay down some, some rhythm tracks um, and then layered a couple of guitars. But it still isn't as big as it should be, and that's why I like playing it together with you and live because it's finally like it should be more rip-roaring than it ends up on the record. Mm. Um, yeah. Did you do the original part to a click? Yeah. Okay, so then. Chris did. It's Chris yeah. playing guitar. Yeah. Um, and it's, I mean, I used Chris and um, Jamie a lot because, or sorry, Chris and Jeff Burner a lot because it it just wasn't me. Like, so I'd be like, here's how I'd do it. Try not to do it that way. Yeah. Because I've been making records for so long that I was like, I know that I have a predisposition to doing a certain, like something a certain way and let's try and, you know, twist that up. So it's Change it up. Chris. Do something different. Yeah, yeah. 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 In fact, it goes to my previous point. The le- Like, it's really nice not to. Like, I don't. I didn't mean to. Like, I can't do like you do. Like, you, dude, you... Well, I can't do like you do. This oh, is the come same on, thing. man. Like, you move no, and, you, like... You played that riff, dude, you and I was like, why don't you play this? I was on like, the no, amplifier dude. at, um, wow, at dude, the, that show. Those are show. old party tricks. You well, know what I mean? I know. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've stood on an amp or two, but it's still, like, you know, like, I would... Particularly at that space where we were, I would definitely wipe out. <laughs> at that place, I don't think there's nearly enough room. Um, but... A yeah. good wipeout would be great. It's not even good that, dude. It's like, wipe out. it's like the, the you know, you just, you know, it's just, I really appreciate when people can move in performance. I'm not saying that I don't. It's more like a sway and a bob and if it's really going, you, but, you know, like, yeah, you got a, you got a lot of good gestures. I mean, you got to, you got to show the kids. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I showed my kids. I showed my kids all your videos. That's how they picked out those moves. And they were like, oh, that guy's bananas. I'm like, yes. What is up with that guy? That's so funny. Ben, so daylight dude. follows is just that's the yeah the, uh, that's that's just um, that's Chris and Jamie and the sun will come out tomorrow, and Jeff, 
and Tony? Yeah, no, it's not Tony. It's um, it's it's uh, John Locker. So my, part of my secret, like my secret life, Your is secret I have baseball. all these friends in Des Moines, Iowa, that I've made tons of music with, and often make the record there or some of the record there. So Jeff and I tracked everything. And then John mixed everything. And John's also a keyboard player, so a lot of the pads in there um, are him. And my cellist friend is there. So, like, I don't know. I, like, I kind of try and rope in as many yeah, yeah, yeah. folks as I can to give it special sauce and extra life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's real. It's a good record. And this is a great podcast. You're a fascinating person. I made it. Yeah. Do you read, <laughs> do you read a lot, too? I won't ask you what you read. I feel like you're a... I read you just a read a lot. I read a you lot. The guy of, reads like 500 pages a month or something. I I try and I try and read a lot. I've been falling you're down traveling. Lately. Yeah, and you're um, just you're going to Hong Kong, so you read like two I, books. On I the will plane. watch three movies on the plane. I promise. I went to Singapore last year. I watched like four movies in a row. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's the best. Um, I read I read a lot of nonfiction. Um, I read a ton of rock bios and bios about people. Mm -hmm. Um. It's my junk food. I actually, most of I'd say the sort of intellectual, if I don't know if that's the right word, but or the more academic stuff or the stuff that helps me understand the world better comes from reading things like the New Yorker and the New York Times and, and frankly, all the time on the internet because I'm in the news business basically, right? So, um, but I don't read, I used to read a lot of fiction, I mean, historical um, nonfiction. I guess when I was younger, I read fiction. Um, I, you know, I took a creative writing class with Tobias Wolff, who wrote a great bunch of memoirs, including one called This Boy's Life. When I was in college, his, the movie with Leonardo DiCaprio came out. So, like, you know, creative writing was always, like... Do you have, like, books out or no, essays or I keep, short I keep, stories? Or? Um, I have short stories published in places, but not much. Um, it's my fantasy always to stop, quit, and write. Like, um, but, you know... In fact, uh, the guy who suggested that I record a record, <laughs> this is funny as I tell it and rethink it, is a publisher. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, 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 don't write the book. Make the record. <laughs> mm, you get 20 years of making records, make the record. Do the record, The, the first shot at the book, don't write the book. Um, but I was hanging, I mean, I, I love this guy because um, we talk about that sort of thing. And I, I don't know, he's been a great sounding board for creativity overall, mm -hmm. and he's a good dude. Um, his name's Ben Steinberg. Um, uh, yeah, so someday. Someday. That's That's got to be because— I was like, I had such a messy time in my middle 30s, and like, I was like dating all these women, and I was getting written about in the modern love section of the New York Times. It was a just terrible, awful, but probably good drama. And he's like, yeah, though, like— being a jerk boyfriend dating lots of women is not a good memoir topic right now. And I was like, <laughs> that's not going to sell. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Right. Yeah. You're like, Duh. Yeah, shit. You know? Right. In fact, I was just talking to somebody. I was, like, I was a dick. I mean, you know, I was 30. We all were. You know? Well, or worse. I have. I have a friend, he, you kind of remind me of him, and I call him Art Monster because I just feel like you consume so much. That you know so much. You and Chris, too. That's something you have in common where you both know, like, so much about so many oh. different bands, news, books, movies. Yeah, I, that's and nice. I'm, like, I, like, I have no movies. I, like, movies, people talking to me about movies or actors, I'm like, I have nothing. I wanted to, and my brother and I made that documentary in our own time with our own, but, with our own money. And um, I always, in part because we'd always wanted to make something together. He's a really good video editor. Um, he's a really good storyteller. I can write. He can shoot. You know, perfect. We kind of, you know, we just we figured out a question we wanted to answer, and 
went, went after it. And we'd like to do another. Um, so that was always there, and it made me watch more than I might have. Otherwise, I worked at a video store like um, the dude from Clerks when I was like Kevin oh, Smith. Did you I worked really? at a video store, and, and like that kind of video store. Like, I would like to rent this VHS cassette, please. <laughs> and it's like three ninety nine, you know. <laughs> and I'd be like, I'd ring up zero 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 and be like, mm, three ninety nine. <laughs> I'm gonna go buy me some gummy bears, you know. I made a deal with the guy at the pizza store. He gets free videos. I get free pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Statute of limitations has expired. You are good. On all of this malfeasance. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, I like movies. I like I like books. I like I don't do a ton of visual art, um, but I have. I mean, but you have. Kids but you has been do. good for that. Yeah, kids yeah. have been great. Um, my kids know the way around their way around the Met better than me, which is bananas and cool. You know. That is um, cool. But yeah, I I don't know, man. Like I like human expression and I like human beings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think. Yes. No, that's good. <laughs> and I'm curious. It's obvious. Um, it's obvious. I just I was like because you know I married an English teacher and she writes poetry and yeah I, I feel like part of my marriage is I have to read books. You yeah, know what I mean I like reading, but I'm like this guy. <laughs> Honey, this guy if he writes. How's your like reading this. journal coming, dear? Yeah. <laughs> it's like today I read thirty in. pages of. <laughs> I remember the first. Actually, she got me into them, dude. You like rock biographies? What, I think our first Christmas or birthday she got me Anthony Kiedis's oh yeah and I remember being Scar-tushy. psyched like it's my fucking yeah and she got me that and I was like bummed I opened it it was like ugh but then I went downstairs I started reading it yeah. I couldn't put it down yeah. I was like because I love the chili peppers and I was like I didn't know these things about Anthony Kiedis those, you know those I mean? types of books cannot give That's my me favorite book. enough five times. granular information yeah like you can't go too deep on songwriting for me you, yeah like yeah, yeah. I'm interested in all of it like I mean, you know, and now there's some neat podcasts like um, um, Malcolm Gladwell has one um, called Broken Record that's not um, that's that that does a little that goes a little deeper in that way. My friend Paul Madison has a great one called Secret Famous. I mean, <laughs> check um, it out. You should check it out. Check it out. But yeah, man, I love that kind of thing. I just I like to I like to talk about process, mm. it's like the psychology of process more than the math or the. I just don't know enough about the music of it. I'm just like, you know, I can hum it. I yeah, can you tell you if it's saying. what I'm feeling or if it was what I was imagining. And I can also say, well, I think the six of us together are going to do something better than I'm going to do by myself. So I'm just going to let go and trust. Yeah, you got to believe the faith in the band. That's I always feel that way too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's actually really, and it's part of my previous point about like the last few months being so different. I mean, Chris and I played a block party with a bunch of strangers up in Long Island, you know, like. I, I mean, it was. You played it, the streets of Nantucket too. I yeah, love the story right. Of that even kid. that, like, I played. I played a fire pit in in Africa, like <laughs> with like bunch of strangers. Like, I mean, all none of those were conventional. Um, all of those called on me to do something a little different to sort of mediate for the space. But like, they were all out of the normal zone of either I'm by myself rehearsing at home, I'm with you guys rehearsing, or I'm on a stage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they were all like fairly righteous in a different way yeah, yeah you know yeah. we used to play shows kind of in attics and basements and you'd basically get a couple best, kegs right? and red cups yes. sell a cup for three bucks i mean that's that's it that's living the dream i agree you have the venue where you can sell red cups for three bucks <laughs> and a couple of kegs and on weekends everyone comes over and it's not lame that you own the place <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> 
It's completely fine. It doesn't feel like a command performance. <laughs> Three bucks would be great. I mean, I would charge five bucks a cup. Yeah, I think these me. days you'd probably you, have you to can, charge get five bucks five. a cup. I mean, Those are the ultimate gigs. See? No, you're going to my point. I've been saying this to people. I feel like everybody's trying to do more legitimate gigs. Like, my friend, yeah. Joe's Pub, Fine Scenes 54 Below. I'm like, yeah. I don't I don't care. I yeah. want to go back to the shitty basement where we sell cups and, like, that's yeah. the party to me. Yeah, and that's the, the and, the, and like, the and the floor's mud and you spill beer on it and and it's just a great memory. You get shocked by the microphone because the PA is not grounded. The sound is horrible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you remember playing a basement in um, uh, Keene, New Hampshire, a fraternity basement because they paid, yeah. and um, and literally getting electrocuted throughout the night. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then late that night, that when everyone best. had gone to sleep, wandering around that same basement, mud floor. Everything's still set up, just debris everywhere, listening to the doors, the end. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of thing I like to do. That's, Everyone's asleep in the house. Well, I can't wait for this tour because we have the same aesthetic for what a good fucking rock show is. You know I mean? mean, maybe we should think about that as a framework instead of like the hotel. What's the place in L.A.? That hotel. Oh, hotel Cafe. Which, I mean, I'd love to Which play. Which is cool. Yeah. It's great. Or maybe it's both, you know, and you don't sweat that, like, one night you're in a buddy's basement and the next night you're, I mean, you know, like, you're in the American Legion Hall. Like, I don't know. The difference is you got to be able to pull wherever you are, right? Yeah. But I'm, listen, I'm in. I'm, I'm ready. Dude, everybody check out Benjamin Wagner. New record, new singles. It's just, <laughs> if they Google you, you come up. Yeah, BenjaminWagner.com. Benjamin Wagner. How rock and roll is that? <laughs> So rock and roll. Hi, I'm Benjamin Wagner. <laughs> and I am rock and roll. I don't know. It's just as God made me, sir. Yeah. <laughs> ben, thank you for coming to Queens on a rainy Wednesday. Dude, I'm so psyched. I'm so psyched. I'm only sorry it's over. No, well, we'll do another one. <laughs> we'll do another one in the spring. Thank, thanks, man. Thank you, Ben. Crash landing You come to her On your knees Begging please Don't leave me here Don't leave me stranded Hard on my sleep Empty handed You gotta believe With wild 